Thanks for checking out the fourth episode of the Horny Deer Sense podcast. Today's guest is Joshua Carney. And if you're not familiar with Josh's story, uh, saddle up. It's a, it's, it's a doozy. Uh, Josh was actually turkey hunting with his dad at the age of 13 and was accidentally shot, clipping his spinal cord, leaving him confined to a wheelchair. So Josh, kind of, you know, the ultimate overcomer, has parlayed his tragic accident into being a motivational speaker, being an, an accomplished hunter, and really one of the funniest people I've ever met. And there's actually parts of the podcast where I was in literal tears, and not from sadness, but because he had me laughing so hard. So with that said, I hope you enjoy Josh's story. Welcome to the Horny Deer Sense Podcast. I'm your host, founder of Horny Deer Sense, Scott Pratt. In this podcast, we connect with personalities across the outdoors, sharing hunting tips, reliving old hunting memories, and discussing life in general. Our goal as a podcast and as a company is to bring new hunters into this great lifestyle and to help keep the ones that we've got. So settle in, hang out with us for a little while on the Horny Deer Sense Podcast. Josh Carney. What's up, guys? Well, welcome to the Horny Deer Sense Podcast. It's a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. I was about to say welcome to the House of Horny, but I'm, I'm, this is the fourth episode, and I've, I've kind of opened with that every time, but it's getting to the point where if I do it again, I'm, I'm basically committing. Like That's something that I'm going to have to open with the House of Horny. And don't get me wrong, I like the House of Horny. I just don't want to – that's too much – I don't like the commitment. Is that a gentleman's club down here in Georgia? <laughs> <laughs> if it's not, hey, post COVID, it very may it may be it may be. I'm just saying, if it's not, I think you have to claim the, the copyrights on that right there. You know, I've never seen a, a sporting goods store slash adult entertainment store. Like that's a brilliant it. idea. What right? guy does not like firearms? And fire women. I'm just saying you're, that's a brilliant idea. You're leaving the house for the weekend. Honey, I got to stop, pick up a few things, maybe see a couple of nipples. That's all I'm saying. I, I take it you're not married. Boy, I am married. And I just <laughs> thought about that as I said that. Uh, <laughs> but, but honey, it's uh So I feel like I need to explain this rapport that we've got working already. You know, we did a, sl- you know, a few minute introduction before we got started uh yeah i found out you were a whiskey man immediately uh and i'll be honest with you following your instagram page and hearing some of the podcasts that you've already done i kind of knew who i was getting in this with so i've been looking forward to this ever since you said that that you would do it and there's there's going to be a lot of laughs throughout this podcast (laughs) yeah but there's some very real real shit that's going to be discussed as well you know what i mean Listen, when it comes to me and my social media, like I want to keep everything as true to the core with my audience. I don't even like calling people fans. You know, I like I like the presentation of followers because 
fans like you for what you want. Followers follow you because they believe in you. So, like, I want to keep everything as true and as real as possible from my comedy standpoint to, you know, the, the realest that I put on social media. If I disagree with something, I don't care if it's politics, if it's, you know, the way that things are going in the hunting industry. If I disagree with something, I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to hold my ground. Like, I may be yeah. paralyzed, but I'm going to stand my ground. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, and I think uh, that's refreshing this day and age, just because you have so many people that do have you know, things to lose, or uh, you know, they're they don't have that ability to compartmentalize and to be able to step back and say, "I have a platform for a reason." You know, it's not a bad thing if I express my opinion. Everybody's got opinions. You know, there's there's over seven billion people in the world. That, and that's what's crazy to me. You look at the number of people that are on this planet, there are over 7 billion versions of reality on this world right now. Everybody's got a different view, you know? And uh, so I, I respect where you're coming from with that. You got a platform, but, and I've seen the, the YouTube videos and different things where you express things that, you know, no doubt somebody had an issue with, but I do appreciate that oh, yeah. perspective. Yeah. Here's the thing. In life, you're never going to please everybody. And you just have to accept that. I mean, if you have a disagreement with somebody, you're, you're like, granted, you're going to have a disagreement with somebody as long as you live. You're going to have a disagreement with somebody. Don't let that disagreement or that argument cause you to be bitter towards everyone else that has an opinion. Voice your opinion. Make your statement. If you believe in it, stay true to that. Hold your ground. If somebody disagrees, you disagree and move on. Yeah, you know, absolutely. don't don't sit there and dwell on the fact that you guys had disagreement. Oh, well, I hate that person now because they don't like what I said. Well, and the other day, and I very rarely make a, a Facebook post anymore, but I, I kept seeing people that I know like take very hard stances in and around politics, right? Oh, and, good. and basically just shitting on everybody that didn't view something the way that they viewed it, right? Mm -hmm. And I got to thinking, I'm like, these people that were defending these are people that we, we will only ever know through a television screen. And, yeah. and when I say no, I use that very loosely. You don't know yeah. that person, you know, exactly. so you are, you are destroying very real relationships for, for someone image. you've never met. Absolutely. An image that comes yeah. through a television screen, Yeah, yeah. you know, and it, it, I, I finally like, I actually met a post about it. I'm like, you know, we're, really alienating people out of our lives for the sake of people that we will never know that we could give yep. two shits if we can pay our yep. bills or not. Yep. You know, like I feel like I'm living in a bad B movie sometimes. You know, the funny thing is like so many people get so focused on the lives of people that they will never meet and they will never understand. Like they get focused on a general idea of a person and what that person's life is is portrayed as throughout social media or content you know whatever is presented to you like with the tv internet you know social media whatever they think that that's that person's lives i know a lot of people that have a lot of money that are miserable but they put a smile on their face and act like they have the greatest life ever oh yeah <laughs> and you know there's a lot of people that look up it's like oh that's how i want to be when i grew up but they don't understand that, you know, that face and that persona you put on social media is not always 100% that person. Very you know? rarely. We have good days, Very we have rarely. bad days, but nobody's going to put their bad days on social media. No one wants to sit there and follow someone that's going to have a sob story every freaking post. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. Uh, well, and the thing is, 
if if you're on the outside looking in that shit is so easily recognizable like you can tell when somebody's fishing for a compliment you can tell when somebody's yeah. fishing for pity and to me that's the worst characteristic a human being can have is the victim mentality you know and people find themselves in that position and wonder why they can't dig out and i say this as i'm looking at you who really anybody that knows your story should have no excuse for anything ever in their life period but here's the thing like the funny thing that you said so i'm always fishing all of my social media that i do i'm fishing because i'm fishing for those people who have given up on themselves like i yeah. want them they really understand that's a little, that different. That's a little, yeah, that's a little, little different. different but i'm still fishing you know it's not for <laughs> likes or attention but right? i'm still fishing you know yeah um I'm not sure like what's your view standpoint on religion and you know, we can go into that, you know, whenever you want to, but you know, I, I feel that my accident caused me to be here, be left here for a reason, you know, yeah. and I can inspire someone and change someone for, from committing suicide or going down a bad path or doing something that's going to put harm to their body. And they don't understand that words. Like I want to be the person that sits there and put out information and help someone change their life for the better. Yeah. Well, so I'm fishing for that. Yeah, for sure. Well, my whole lineage is preachers. Like yeah. my great granddad preacher, my granddad preacher, my dad preacher, me, I'm a, maybe a disappointment. I don't know. How. <laughs> but I'm at the point in life where, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what is or isn't, but I, I don't think any of this is accident. Like, oh, no. you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I don't, I think it's healthy to question throughout your life and, and to figure out things for yourself. But much like you're talking about, I just think life would be very empty if this was all just happenstance. You know, oh yeah, 100%. If there, if there was no reason to anything. Like if it was just one big accident, I would get no fulfillment out of that. So like your situation, and I want to get into the story Hell, this may be a good place to step into that story. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. You're telling the paraplegic to step into something? Come on yeah. now, dude. Well, hey, let's roll <laughs> into this story. <laughs> we'll, we'll roll into this story. But just when we booked this podcast, and I'll, I'll go back further than that. When I first started this podcast, you were one of the first people that came to mind I thought it would probably take place later, you know, in the podcast, maybe, maybe episode seven or so, but you were, uh, lucky said, you, know. <laughs> yeah. you, you were available. So we were able to, able to make it happen, but your story, it, it really struck a chord with me because, you know, you start out turkey hunting and it's something that you're still incredibly passionate about in your situation that you're mm -hmm. in now was a result of your turkey hunting, but you're like, you come back and you just smack turkey hunting in the face and you're like, yeah. I'm still going to do this. <laughs> but if you wouldn't mind, cause I know there's a lot of people listening that maybe is are, I'm sure there are a lot of people that are, but I'm sure there are a lot of people that aren't privy to your situation. If you could kind of, and even before that kind of start, where did your love of hunting actually come from? How did you even get to that point where you're, you're in the woods with your dad, turkey hunting? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I grew up in, you know, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, you know, I was, uh, from the very young age or like three years old, I was in the outdoors and I was running, getting cut up by briars and all that stuff. And, you know, I fell in love with that stuff. And I, I, we had, 
um, beagles and we had rabbit dogs, beagles and rabbit dogs. And we would go out and, you know, chasing rabbits and just listening to the dogs run rabbits. Like that was music for me. Like that, that, that fueled my heart right there. You know, we go out as much as possible. And like, for me, that puts such a, a passion in my heart for the outdoors. I mean, I get up, wake up being outdoors all the time. I get to see crazy, incredible things as I'm hunting and growing up into that, you know, I went from just being, um, a watcher to, you know, actually having a gun in my hand and actually being able to take game and bring game home. I think the worst thing that could have happened to me was my dad put a gun in my hand because I was the deadliest. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> I was the deadliest kid out there in the woods. A 410 single shot, nothing to the chance. Just predator. Listen, if, I, if I, it's moving, it's dying. Listen, I, I'm glad the game boards didn't catch me back in my younger days. <laughs> <laughs> there's some stuff that I shot that probably was not necessarily legal to shoot, but I brought it home and I taste tested it. I understood that, you know, crows and egrets are not that good. Yeah. So, and, but, but there, that is a redeeming quality. It wasn't like you were shooting just to kill. Like you were actually consuming what you were eating. So even though maybe a, maybe a lot of it wasn't legal, I, I'm going to give you a couple of points just for that part of it. You, at least you wouldn't just like throwing it in a ditch or something. Listen, when you're 10 years old, you don't really understand the law of legality. <laughs> <laughs> but what you do understand is you have a capability of bringing home meat and eating it and providing. So with oh, yeah, that being like, said, you know. Here's dinner, mom. Here, yeah. here's, this, here's this crow. Man, listen, I remember bringing stuff in the house and I would just set it in the kitchen and my mom would look at me with this absolute look of disgust. Like, boy, if you don't get that out of my house, I'm going to skin you bare. Get that mess out of my house. What was the most controversial thing that you brought home to your mom? Like something that caused maybe the biggest reaction? Mm. Man, I, I think that I bought... You know what? I'm not gonna even tell him because that's very, very, very illegal. So we'll hit that. <laughs> we'll hit that after we get done recording. You can fill me in. It was um, like I said, you're ten years old. You don't really know what you're bringing home. Um, but I, I think one time I brought home like a possum, and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Yeah. With it. And it, you don't actually. You know what? You know I'm gonna backtrack that. It wasn't a possum that was the most controversial. It was an armadillo. Because here's the thing. Like, I didn't know how the heck to skin an armadillo, okay, for first off. <laughs> Is that even possible? Can you skin an armadillo? You can. You can. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay? It's very tricky, but you can do it. <laughs> so, we were in um, a place called Bunky, Louisiana. The thing about people in Louisiana, especially Cajuns, like, if it's put on earth, we can put enough seasoning to it to make it taste good. I believe so that, that. That was the model that I went with. I if believe I that. Somebody can make it taste good. I'm like, hell, there's an armadillo out there. Like, let me see what that tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> All it does is go out and eat, you know, berries and bushes and a couple of grub worms. I mean, it can't be that bad, right? So how did it taste? Hell, I'm not going to lie to you. After two hours of trying to skin it, I gave up on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, you don't understand, like, once you, so, like, I learned later how to do it, but you have to actually, like, flip it over on its back and kind of, you kind of have to, like, skin down the side of it and, like, work the shell out 
it's a very oh, tricky. Sounds horrible. It doesn't oh, sound it's, worth it. It's not. It's not. It's not. But like I learned that that was not the animal that I should be hunting to bring home for food. So your love for the outdoors, your, your, and I really do feel like inside of each one of us, there's that primal element that gravitates toward hunting, given the opportunity. Was your, your, your dad, any of your family, were there, were they into hunting or was this something that just on your own that you kind of gravitated towards? No. So my family was a small game hunting family. Um, you know, they did the rabbit and squirrel and stuff like that. But, you know, as I got more involved into that, I started seeing people, you know, go hunt deer and stuff like that. I'm like, well, I want to do that. Like, freaking deer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I got horns on it and all that stuff. Like, I want to go chase after that. So, you know, at 11 years old, I, you know, I went on my first deer hunt by myself. And um, I shot a, a button buck. I didn't even know what a button buck was. Um, I thought I shot a doe. And yeah. um, we, we got back to skinning. And um, the guy that I was hunting with, he's like, uh, you know, this this doe got some uh, some jewels under her. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> so you know, you had to get Christian into the whole thing, sure. you know, by you know getting the blood smeared on your face and well, all that stuff. And I think most everybody has been there. Yeah, there's uh, everybody's been surprised when they roll over the doe, you know, using air quotes, and it turns out to not not be a doe. I, not saying that I've ever been there last year but i've been there <laughs> <laughs> i mean when you're shooting a rifle in 250 yards it's kind of hard to tell a spike from a doe <laughs> absolutely so you're you're kind of your step your step now you got me paranoid ooh, to use the ooh. word step you bastard yeah. <laughs> but at this time it's applicable you were stepping but you're stepping into different areas of hunting yeah and so at some point turkey comes up on the menu he's like let's let's go kill a turkey yeah so like that's like i killed my first deer at 11 and two years after that i was like you know what i want to go turkey hunting i've seen all these videos about turkey hunting like you just rub two sticks together these dumb birds come running in that is not the case listen listen whatever they're putting on tv it's a lie like they are really good hey. at making hollywood effects when it comes to hunting videos I'm that's with a you. lie i'm listen, with you i uh we go to Walmart. We go pick up these calls. I had a slate call, box call. I had a, 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 a purring box. I had a, a scratch your mama's back. I had all kind of stuff that I didn't know about. You know, it was it was one of those deals where like everything that I figured that I could try to call in a turkey, I had it. Right. Um, I had a dang on diaphragm call. I think I choked on it the first, you know, first six times I put it in my mouth. I got, you know, got to the point where I was like, you know, what, this ain't for me. You know, and that that's like when you know something ain't for you, you just got to understand it. It just ain't for you. And that was you not, can't that was, force it. That's what she said, but you know, it's a different oh, subject. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, um, like I said, you know, that was for, so I got picked up a box call. It was the simplest for me. And, you know, we went out to the woods, you know, one Sunday after church, we set up, uh, I was actually in church. I was in, I was a choir boy. Go figure like from my past now, you definitely wouldn't know that I was a choir boy. Um, <laughs> no, nah. so, who knows? We, um, but about time the, uh, hold on, my phone is going insane. Am I still there? Yeah, you're here. Hold on, my screen just, hold on, I lost you for a second. What's going on here? Can you hear me now? I can hear you. I just can't see you. You need me to pause it? Yeah. So I'm going to pause it and then I'm going to go grab a beer. 
perfect. I can't like hold on. Let me... Okay, so we're leading up to turkey hunting. You've you've stepped into deer hunting, and now we're moving on to turkey hunting. Yeah, so like I said, you know, I, I had all the all the calls and accessories that I needed. So um, church one Sunday. Um, by the time the pastor said, hey, man, I was already in a parking lot changing <laughs> into camouflage, dude. <laughs> My mom wanted to tear me a new rear end for getting those church shoes so dirty. I swear she was mad at me. But, you know, I was dedicated. I, I wanted to go hunting. Like, I read books. You know, I seen all the all the great things that television provided for turkey hunting. You know, I think that's what really fueled me is, like, the, the very great editing of hunting shows, of how it made it yeah. look so easy to kill a turkey. And, um, yeah. Well, and to your credit or to your point, I only started turkey hunting a few years ago. Uh, growing up, my dad, he wasn't a turkey hunter. So after deer season, our mind immediately, you know, we, we love largemouth bass fishing. So after deer season, the brain just immediately switched over to fishing. And I didn't start turkey hunting until just a few years ago. But to your point, it was so much more difficult than I anticipated it being. You know, you're, you're, you're watching television, you know, you're watching the shows and they're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, my cousin, he's the one that got me into it. And we, I, I shit you not would walk just, I don't know how much land we covered just public land looking for a damn Turkey. Like mm -hmm. it got to the point. I don't even think he and I like being around each other anymore. But we were already that far invested into it. You can't stop, you know, like yeah. you, you've got to kill that gobbler. But to your point, as far as like hunting shows and the editing and, and all that, anybody that's remotely thinking about getting into turkey hunting, just go ahead and accept that the first year, more than likely, and there are exceptions, first year, you're not going to do shit. Let's just be honest. Listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I've met some lucky people in my lifetime. When it came there to are luck, there are outliers, there are cases, but don't go in expecting to be one of those. If it happens to you, fantastic. Don't go into it thinking that. Year two, yeah, you're you're gonna get closer. You you may not kill the bird, but you're gonna you're gonna taste what that feels like. Year three, that's <laughs> most of the time when it comes together, but. To your point, what I'm saying is don't walk into this thinking I'm going to go in the woods and chirp and, and kill a bird because it just doesn't work like that the majority of the time. You know what? I, I think if, if someone is getting into turkey hunting or new turkey hunting and want to begin to turkey hunt and learn, I think after deer season, don't, don't wait till turkey season shows up. When deer season's here or late December, whatever, before turkey season starts, get on YouTube, start looking at some yes. people that have made it in the turkey hunting world, you know, get your Preston Pittman's, you know, your, 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 um, your Waddell's, you know, get people like that have made a name for themselves in that turkey call space. Like I would name myself, but I don't even hold a candle to those guys when it comes to turkey uh, hunting. You're being modest. We'll get I, to that, but you're you being know, You know, I'm humble, humble brag. Ah, you're you know? so modest. <laughs> we'll so... We'll get, I'm saving that for later in the show. But we'll get to that, but yeah, you're modest. But go on. But get some, get find someone that is a mentor for the outdoors for you. Yes. I mean, like even if you don't know them personally, understand that they have put in a lot of time, a lot of work, and you know have learned different tips and techniques on how to make it work to where they are successful in the field. There's you know, no replacement find, experience. No, there's not. 
You know, and if you don't know what you're doing, you're a newbie, first-time hunter, learn from people who have done it for a while. Look, st I still go out with people that have hunted different ways, and I didn't, I don't, I wouldn't even prepare a call. Like, I want to learn from their experience, because I know what I've done over years, it does not match what they've done over years. So, like, hunting with someone else who has put in a little bit more time, hunting different terrains, different turkeys, understanding that I can learn from them is yeah. what has made me a better turkey hunter. You know what? I'm going to take that back. I'm not even a turkey hunter. Like, I don't go out in the woods to hunt turkeys. I go out to kill. I'm on a mission <laughs> to kill a bird. Like, I have a love-hate relationship with turkeys. I am mad at them. I don't care about a dang on deer. When it comes to turkeys, I'm mad. It eats you I up, I want to kill a bird. Oh, man. I, I want to kill a bird. I can see it on your face right now. Dude, I, I, I'm, I'm there to up. kill a bird. <laughs> Man, listen, I was driving I, I was driving a day and this big long beard was standing out in the middle of the road. I had to turn. I was like, oh, you're lucky. It almost turkey. pissed you off, didn't it? You did. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I literally dropped a pin to find out who owned that property so I could go back to kill that bird. Well, and let's be honest. Who's going to turn down a hunter in a wheelchair? Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. There's some real a-holes out there. <laughs> <laughs> not even gonna see a lot to you dude i just almost fell out <laughs> of my chair <laughs> listen uh, I listen just, i've got tears in my eyes no shit. listen just started you, too. that's the that's the funny part you don't understand oh, like shit. listen Look, that's I, a literal I, that's a literal tear out there I found this piece of property that was prime. I drove by, they had so many turkeys on his farm. And like, I tried, like, I, I, I rarely play the handicap card, but I pulled it on this one. I got out of my truck, I rolled to this lady's house, and like, she had stairs. Dude, I'm not gonna lie to you, she had stairs. I found a stick on the ground to ring the doorbell, to ring the doorbell on this lady's house. The accident was turkey hunt. Uh, I gotta quit slapping the table. <laughs> the mic picks that shit up. I'm so bad about that. Oh, dude, listen, I'm not gonna lie. Oh, dude, you gotta stop. <laughs> I picked up a stick, a stick off the oh, ground. Shit, I I'm was crying, dedicated. Dude. I was oh. dedicated to kill turkeys at this oh. lady's place. Oh, it hurts. She's like, I'm rolling. She's like, well, son, I, I really like, I, I really like seeing him out there. I just really hate <laughs> to get him killed. I'm like, ma'am, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> My dog's, uh, my dog's getting excited for this story. Dude, it's hilarious. Oh, Listen. my side. Like, I'm, I'm really hurting. Like, no joke. Listen, oh. she, uh, she was so passionate about watching those birds. I'm like, man, oh. you know, it'll be an honor for you to pass this down to a lucky fellow like me. You know what? I didn't grow up for it. Dude, I, I try to play the sympathy card. So I'm like, I didn't grow up fortunate enough to have turkey hunting property. And you know what? You have such a great, great piece of property. And you look like a very intelligent ma'am. She just stone cold. Dude, I, I try to throw that Southern charm on her. I threw a little <laughs> accent in there. Like, I tried to play the handicap card. Dude, I tried everything that I could to try. Dude, she had 12 strutters in her dangling yard. I'm, dude, I'm, sit I'm sitting there trying to do everything that I could to convince this lady to let me kill birds. You know she what's funny it. about this? This is what's funny about this. When I go back and do the editing to release this this episode of the podcast, when I on the intro, like I'm really gonna go above and beyond talking about just how meaningful this story is and how <laughs> impactful it is 
and I'm really going to pump it up and then they're going to start listening and this is going to be what they hear. And I'm so excited about that. Listen, here's the deal. You know what? I'm going to do a humble plug. I wish this you were. This is advertising for me. If anyone out there is listening and has prime turkey hunting land or <laughs> deer hunting land, I don't mind throwing the, the pity card, the handicap card, the sympathy card. I don't care. Like, I, I like, listen, when it comes to the prime hunting land, like, I don't care what I have to. Can I chime in? Go ahead. Go for it. So, I've only recently met Josh, but let me tell you, he is a rolling ray of sunshine. Like, that's the best. That may be your new Instagram description. I don't know. Feel free to use it. But yeah, if you've got Can property, he'll. He'll hunt it, you know, and he won't even feel bad about it. And hunt it, listen, no, 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 if no. If I have to go with him, I'm willing to do that. Listen, listen, now you're you're taking like you're you're going too deep when you say hunt it. I won't hunt it. I will manicure it. I will take care of it. Like I will feed it four meals a day if I need there you to. Go. I Manage will make it. sure. I will make sure that this property is prime and presentable. You know what? If I gotta rub its leaves right. <laughs> to make sure that they feel good for autumn before they fall, I, I, I'll make sure this land is taken care of. TLC so is what yes, you're saying. Yes, tender loving care. As long as uh, I get to hunt it. The, I can't wait to see my inbox. I, <laughs> I feel like there was a serious story that we were getting to. There was. We just we just went off that like we derailed that train. We took the exit. <laughs> so going back. <laughs> to the, your start in turkey hunting and and i, I don't want to it's not a lot so i'll be honest with you this is one of the things that i love about you you had every right to be some level of bitter you know just human nature in general. I'm not saying like you as, a, as an individual, but just human nature in, in general, you know what I'm saying? You had every right. And, and that's the thing, no matter who you are, at some point life is, is gonna, it's gonna beat the shit out of you. And you can curl up in the fetal position and lay there in, you know, waller in self pity you didn't do that and you, you didn't do that by any stretch of the imagination. And what I love about your story is you come out of that really even stronger than when you went into it. But if you don't mind, go into the, the story that actually got you to where you are right now. Cause to me, it is the ultimate, you know, and you hear the old adage about, when life hands you lemons or whatever, like life gave you a lemon and you created a whole nother fruit. You were like, you know what I'm saying? Like you just, you just took it and didn't look back. And I respect the hell out of that. You know, I'm gonna go back to what you said, you know, when life beats you up, listen, here's the thing about life for when life happened to me. So I, I, from life made me paralyzed. So when life started kicking my ass, I couldn't feel it. So all I had to do was keep moving forward. But that's what I'm, that's what I'm, that, that ability to view it like that and know, I, I guess just quickly accept the fact that you can undo the past. Mm -hmm. All you have to work with is the present. You know, it sounds simple to say that, but it, it is so much more complicated than that. But that is, that's exactly what you did. 
I mean, here's the thing. Like, you can – like, I, my quote on Instagram is, like, life is 10% what happens to you, 90% what you make out of it. And oh, I, I use it is, all the time. And that's it, the truest so thing true. ever. Absolutely. So, you, you start – you get an interest in turkey hunting. You and your dad decide to go to the turkey woods. If you don't mind, walk me through that day. So, like I said, we went to church that morning, and then, uh, you know, I begged my dad to take me turkey hunting. I begged him. You know, and I was like, we went to a spot where I grew up small game hunting and uh, we walked down the road and I get down this gravel road and I see a feather in the road. I'm like, that's a turkey feather. I know it because I read books. I've seen pictures. That's a turkey feather. Looking back at it, I'm 100% sure now that it was a buzzard or a hawk. <laughs> Pretty sure it wasn't a turkey. <laughs> so we cross this ditch and go into this like this hardwood bottom and there, uh, he sits down about 20 yards away from me and then uh, I sit down. Uh, on the right of my 20 yards away there's a briar patch to my uh my right hand side i'm facing forward he's to my left and uh we get to calling and um it's midday um and, you know if you're a turkey hunter midday turkeys don't gobble you know they're not doing they're just not out there doing it and but if you can't listen here's a tip if you can't strike one up in midday or afternoon and you strike him up and he's hot you can kill a bird easily absolutely and that is a tip if you can strike one up after midday he's good he's good as dead so we're sitting there. I'm calling. My dad starts calling. He sounds like a freaking chihuahua that just got stepped on by a 500-pound man. It sounded so terrible. I don't even know what to do with it. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. He hit that He hit that slate call, and it sounded so freaking awful that I turned around and flagged the dad and told him he got to stop it. Really? And it this, was bad. this is your first time, but just what you knew, you knew that it wasn't good. I knew there ain't no worry in hell a turkey sounded like that. <laughs> Son, it was bad. So – and we'll get to this. Listen, let me, as... let me, listen, let, let me, let me, let me give you a better description. You ever, you ever been on a train track and a train didn't have oil on the wheels. And when it starts stopping, it starts oh, wheeling. Yeah. It's not, it, it sounded a little bit like that. All right. Gotcha. That's uh nah, I can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And every bird in that freaking County heard it. <laughs> <laughs> so your dad's calling. Does he actually call a turkey up? Does it like does a turkey actually come to it? Like, how does this all go down? I'm not gonna sit in a lot to you. If, the, if a turkey came into that, it was it it, it should have died. It yeah. should have died. You know, I don't even. Th you know what? I, Jake is probably one of the stupidest turkeys out there, and I hate to put it like that. But if a Jake wouldn't come to that, dang sure well ain't no lone bear coming to me. I'm telling you, it was bad. Listen, it was. Oof. Did you take over the calling or? How did, how did the turkey actually come in? So here's the thing. I started calling, you know, everything settled out, I started calling. And um, I could see my dad to my left pick up his gun. It was on his lap. He picks up the gun. Um, he shoulders it. He goes pull the trigger. Gun goes click. He's shooting 12 gauge. I have a, I got a 410 that I'm shooting. Gun goes click. He racks a shell in it. And then he throws it back up on the shoulder and he shoots. So it actually misfired the first time. There was no shell in the gun. Oh, so first shot, there's no shell. There's no shell. And the racks one, racks one, and it was a uh, Remington 1100 is what I believe it was. And uh, he racks one in there, and then uh, when he shoots, he shoots me. So there was an actual turkey there, though. You want me to honestly answer the question for you? Yeah, because uh, so, and I'll be honest with you. These are questions that I've had ever since I knew that I was going to be speaking with you. You know what I mean? Like just knowing how it all came about. 
can honestly say that knowing what I know and being in that situation, I 1000% don't believe that there's a turkey there. <laughs> okay. All right. I know. I just, you know, it just, it's just one of those situations where at, at, over the years, like I've tried and tried and tried to place a turkey in that situation. It was just, there any chance that your dad mistook you for a turkey? Like, what, hell, was hell no, I had, I had white Nikes <laughs> on. What freaking turkey you know was out there in the woods with white Nikes on? <laughs> I feel so bad right now, but you're, you're the one doing it. When we play, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Josh, he's a really funny individual. This is not a laughing topic, but... You know what? Listen, listen, try not listen, listen. This episode of the Horny Deer Sense podcast is brought to you by Scrapestick. Now, I'm really excited to get these guys involved. Uh, their product works very well with our product. So we've had a number of people contact us this year using their product, which is used to make mock scrapes. And the way that they've designed their product, you can do that anywhere. Uh, you can put it on a T-post, you can screw it into something, you can strap it to something. Literally anywhere that you see the need for a mock scrape, you can use this. And it works really well, particularly with our D-Harmony rut blend. We've seen just some really, really, really cool videos. But check these guys out at scrapestick.com. There's a lot of stuff that I post on social media that aren't laughing topics, but I make them oh so funny. Like, listen, if you follow me on social media, I will make very, very um thin line handicap jokes about myself or the yeah. situation because i feel that in this day and age everybody deserves a laugh you, no matter what cards you're dealt i'm with you, you got to figure out the positivity in those cards for sure and look my cards i might have seven cards i got five jokers in that deck and i'm playing them all hey, you know well and that's that's one one way that that we're similar is that Anytime there's a, uh, you know, particularly heavy situation, kind of my parachute cord is always humor, you know, like that's my coping mechanism with some things, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and I don't know exactly what, what brings that out, but I totally, I totally get it, you know, and what else are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, are you going, are you going to let it beat the shit out of you forever? Or to me, it feels like you take some kind of power over the situation if you can find the humor in it. You, you, you have to get to that point in your life where you understand that things happen for a moment. You know, yeah. you have to realize that, okay, I got a car wreck. Okay, that's going to that's gonna last for that brief, you know, whatever time period it's going to last. But you can't sit there and let that control your life for the rest of your life. I mean, if you, do, if you dwell in that misery, your life's going to be miserable. Yeah, absolutely. You got to learn to accept things for the time period that they happen. Learn that they happen for a reason. You know, it could have saved you from something else. You got to understand that that happened for a reason. Don't dwell on it. Move on with life. Because if you sit well, there and dwell on the past, you're going to be miserable. In your your situation, you could have very easily died in that moment. I and, did. Uh, I died twice. Uh, so yeah, what kind of and I haven't faced near what you faced in that moment. Like I've not looked death square in the eyes, but it, it seems like coming out of that, that it would be incredibly liberating as far as just being able to, to live life to its fullest. 
Listen, so I got shot with double up buck shots at 13 years old. I was probably about, hmm, about to get 90 pounds soaking wet. Yeah, I really know. can't imagine. Like, it, it was, yeah, it was rough. Uh, it was rough. So, so you get you get shot. What immediately happens after your dad pulls the trigger? Like, do you do you remember feeling that? Like, oh yeah, whole thing. I I can I can relive it. The bad part about it is I can like if I. I couple weeks ago i had literally had a dream reliving the whole situation wow and it 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 mentally it messes you up you know i can't imagine you know when when you're in when you're in that mindset you can't wake up from it and you relive it all over again dude it sucks yeah it sucks what would you how would you compare the sensation of those shots like hitting like if you were trying to describe that sensation what's the closest you could come to it so when I was shot, like all I, my body went completely numb because one of one of pellets um, cut my spinal cord. So my body went completely numb. Um, all I had was ringing in my ears and just my body went completely numb, just absolutely numb. Couldn't do anything. I just hunched over, couldn't do anything at all. And, you know, I got to the point where, you know, when he picked me up and carried me out, um, headed to the, um, the EMS, um, I just blacked out. I mean, I just completely blacked out. I woke up in the hospital and, you know, still in that moment, knowing that I got shot, you know, there was this beautiful nurse that I woke up to, and I'm like, dang, are you an angel? She was like, no, I'm your nurse. Dang, girl. <laughs> trying to get your wings in them or what up? <laughs> so, I mean, like, I, after I got shot, I still had the mentality to understand that I was in a very good position knowing that I woke up to a beautiful lady that was saving my life. So, in certain situations, women will get you killed. That goes out for all you white-tail hunters out there. Understand. Right that there is a woman out there that will get you killed because I've chased many bucks that have gotten killed by doe. Right. But there is a good one out there somewhere that will save your life. And there was one that saved my life that day. And I appreciate her so much. That's awesome. Do you still keep in, in touch with her? I don't. I wish I knew her name. I wonder how nope. we could track that down. I don't know. That, but that, that'd, be, that, that'd be something great. That would be so. And I know that, that you've been able, I'm going to say it, step into like reality television and stuff like that that would be a killer you call it episode whatever to revisit that nurse that was there when you came out of that yeah no i would i would absolutely love to you know just just the the people in general like i would love to like to revisit those people who helped save my life in that moment of my life so how long were you in the hospital so I was in um, Baton Rouge for a couple weeks, and then they didn't have everything that they needed to um, keep me, um, you know, afloat. They didn't have everything they needed to keep me stable. So they flew me from there. So to, before you, know, you get to, I guess that next step, what what was the extent of the injuries that came from that shot? So like I said, shot with double up buckshot. I had a, a bullet hit my esophagus, bullet hit my um, lungs and stomach. Uh, across my left shoulder, across my chest, right shoulder. I still have a bullet lodged in my shoulder. I still have one lodged in my left pelvis. Um, where else? Um, I think that's it for right now. So I still have two lodged inside. Well, this of was me. anything but a, a glancing blow or a stray shot. Like no, no, no. I, I, you, I took, you took a beating. I took eighty percent of that shotgun load. Damn. Yeah. Oh, I can't, I, I really can't imagine. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Yeah. So 
there was no turkey with white sneakers on when he had woods. So Listen, here's the thing. The only reason I wore white sneakers is because, like, I knew after watching television shows and watching these guys shoot a bird and have to chase it down, like, I put my Nikes on because I was ready to run. I was ready hilarious. to get after one. That's hilarious. So through this whole ordeal, it sounds like, to a point, you kept consciousness for a good bit of it. No. So actually, um, I died twice on the operating table. They brought me back to life. Damn. Um, and, you know, that was one of the two of the – um, two of the scariest and two of the greatest moments of my life. You know, I, I think realize, looking back at those days, like it made me appreciate life a lot more knowing that I have already, you know, cast out two of those lives. So did you see the, did you see the white light and all the things that people talk about? I did, but like, I'm not a hundred percent sure that it was heaven. It probably was, you know, the hospital lights. But then the second time it was like a very dark and eerie place. Not really? sure what it was. You know, it was probably just me like at the end of the tunnel, but you know that, that I I caught both of those moments in those. You you've been there. I've never talked to somebody that's been there. Oh yeah, no, I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. It's it's not it's not somewhere that I want to be again for a very there's, long time. There's no way that that can't change you at some level. You know? Oh no, like it it made me into a, a hell of a different person. You know, it, I, mean, it I really me, can't imagine. It, it, being in that situation makes you understand or appreciate life so much more. You know, I can go through something, I can struggle and just be at the very bottom of the the bottom of the barrel when it comes to something. Um, but you know, knowing that I'm at the the the, the freaking at rock bottom, yeah. I know that it's better than being on my deathbed, and I've been there twice. Well, and I, I was thinking not too long ago, not not that uh, when you when you talk about dead people, not that there's like a level of consciousness uh you know on this side of life or whatever but the the trivial things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis like how when you think about people that have gone on if given the opportunity for any of them to come back and deal with the petty shit that we deal with on a day-to-day basis you know like if if you were to dangle that in front of somebody that's already died, like, look, you can come back, but you got to deal with this person's debt. You got to deal with this person's relationship problems. You got to deal with what dude, they would be lining up to take, to, to take that task. You know, like we get so consumed in the trivialities of day-to-day life. We forget just how precious life is. You know, I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. Ah, here's, here, here's why here's why you know a lot of people a lot of people go through life but a lot of people don't live life and that's that's two totally different things this you is know, true people Good a point. lot of people in in this day and age focus on going through school getting an education getting a nine to five retiring and dying yeah that's a very crappy life to live you know, so if, if, if it was for me to be in a situation where I died and I had to come back to being at the point where, okay, I'm going to work a nine to five, work for someone else, be unhappy for 40 years and well, then retire. And but then if you come through. back, you can change all that. You know if, I mean? I could, if I could pick who I want to come back as, no, no, that's no. totally different. No, no, no. But, that, but that's the thing. People don't realize that they have power to change their situation. You know, like if you, if you had the opportunity to cross that bridge and come back, knowing the hand that you were being dealt, you could still make moves to make your existence what you, that's why I'm sitting here today. 
Yeah, that's, that's why the horny deer sense is a is a thing. Today's horny story comes from my cousin Jalen, and this was from a hunt that he and his dad had gone on. It had been a while since me and my dad had hunted together, so I was pretty excited to get in the woods. I was especially excited because the rut was coming on and I'd seen bucks on their feet. We got to my lease, sprayed our boots with some doe and estrus, hiked the blind, and waited. Not 30 minutes after we sat down, a buck came out of the thicket and made his way to our scent trail. With his head to the ground, he immediately started following the trail. The only problem was he started following the trail back towards the truck and disappeared out of sight. <laughs> we never saw him again. Uh, I've... I guess it happens. Uh, I think that's uh, not only a testament to horned deer sense uh, effectiveness, but a testament to you and your dad's luck. But I do appreciate it. I, I think a lot of times people forget that they do have some level of power over their destiny. You know, it's not it, it it's not a cookie cutter situation where you have to go to college, work a nine to five and be a debt to slave the rest of your life. You know, you know I, mean? I, I totally agree with you on that standpoint, but a lot of people don't have the mentality to make that move and change it. They're so comfortable in their situation of making a constant income back to back to back. Oh, that they absolutely. They don't want to get into a very uncomfortable place to find their happiness. So oh. with that being said, yeah. going, into the, going into the place to the afterlife and coming back, you know, we don't know what's on that other side. It could be, you know, unlimited happiness, you know, going, reading about, you know, heaven. It sounds like a place that is so fulfilling. So maybe if it was for me to pick, you know, crossing that bridge and being back into a place where I wasn't happy and not controlling my destiny, I don't know which one I toss up on, to be honest with you. I'll say this. If I actually made it to heaven, I'll probably you just can't, hang out you there. can't say it like that. Yeah. No, you can't I'm saying say it like that. <laughs> but hey, what I'm saying is, so I come from a very religious background, like very strict religious background, right? Where like there's no, you know, there's consequences and repercussions for my actions. When I say if I made it to heaven, yeah, I would hang out there. You know, if I knew that I could come back and then go back to heaven, yeah, that changed. But if I'm there. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not leaving. If if I yeah. made it, if I passed the exam, ah, uh, you can't peel me out of there. You know what I mean? Oh no, I, I totally get it. But like you said, you know, it, it, understanding that you know there there is there's a value that certain people don't understand when it comes to their lives. That they don't understand that they're in control of their destinies, and it it just Absolutely. takes a lot for someone to really stop doing that rat race doing that that can that that method that society controlling us to do to focus on learning themselves and i think when it comes yeah. to sitting back and being absolutely alone and learning yourself that's when you're going to find the power to change your destiny absolutely. and a lot of people are so convinced that they need someone to make their life better. They need to study someone or follow someone or understand someone else's life to make their life better. The only person that's going to change the destiny of their life is the person that's thinking about it. If you sit there and dream about it, you will never make it come true if you're right. not doing anything about it. Well, and I think, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of, a lot of the reason one is fear of failure, but I think 
what really encompasses that is the fear of what other people think, you know, and like, who, who gives a shit? Like that doesn't change anything that you're doing, have done, will do like somebody's opinion. At some, at some point you have to realize you, you will die. You're not going to, there is a finite amount of time that you're on this life or yeah. on this earth. You will die one day. It's going to happen. Two generations go by. Everything's irrelevant. If you, if you try to start a business and it fails, you know, at some point, nobody's going to know anything. Nobody's going to give a shit yeah. about it. It's, it's yeah. absolutely irrelevant. You have a window of time here. Why not do things that, that make you happy, fulfilled, and, you know, actually utilize it instead of just going through the motions? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people get stuck on the fact that, oh, well, I don't have everything set up that I need to be successful. The only thing you need to be successful is the mindset to knowing what you're going to do and knowing that you're going to accomplish it. If you doubt yourself, put yourself down in a situation, you're never going to put yourself at that level to succeed. Listen, I've been in a lot of situations in my life. I'm very confident that I'm going to win. Like it's, it's, it's so funny, you know, cause I, uh, this, this past weekend, I went to my sister's wedding and, um, I had a date with me and like being there, I, I, I looked straight, I looked straight in the face. I was like, when I step into a scene, the person that is in that scene has a level of confidence that is shown and cannot be matched. Yeah. When, when I go into an establishment, I know that I'm there and I'm the most important person there. That's all that matters to me. That's all that matters to me. And when you have that level of confidence, you will always be successful because you're always putting yourself at the highest standard for you. I don't care what other, I don't care what other people think of me because here's the thing. An opinion doesn't pay my bills. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't put food on my table. It doesn't keep a roof over my head. You know, it's, I'm not sleeping with someone's opinion. So none of that matters to me (laughs) what people think, you know? So now I I do know, and that's, you captured (laughs) it perfectly. Like to me, when you see people going through these motions they're just delaying the life that they could be living. Yeah. You know, and it's, uh, people hit that point at, at different times and hit that realization at different times. It's not a lot of most, I, I would say most never hit that point. Um, but nothing happens if you don't try to make something happen. And, and if you try to, if you try to do something, let's say that you know, like right now, we're, we're a really fast growing, uh, company in the outdoor space and it's exciting as hell, but it doesn't happen without, and I'm saying it again, you bastard. It doesn't happen without <laughs> that first step, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like if you try something and it doesn't work, you always take something away from that. You know, that that's one more tool in a toolbox. You know, here's the thing like, like I, my mindset is, it's either I win or I learn. I'll never lose. That's it. That's it. You know, that's like, it. and that's, that's, that's a mindset that people really need to learn and focus on. So when it comes to me being uncomfortable is like my most, like I'm, I'm so uncomfortable in situation in life that challenges me to do better. It challenges me to grow. If I'm in a space where I'm comfortable, I settle, I get happy. 
I get to the point where like I'm okay with that. And I'm not meant to be okay. Like I'm meant to be yeah. phenomenal. Make me uncomfortable. Make me challenged to where I have to do better. I have to succeed. A um, lot of people don't understand that when it comes to struggle, it, it's 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 not meant to keep you in that struggle. I I love struggle. Like I love when that struggle bus comes around. I'm the first one on it because knowing that I'm in a situation that put me to struggle makes me so so challenged to be successful at a situation to where I don't have to go back to that situation. Well, and it's living. Yeah. You know, like to me, that is living. There's no, there's no, and everybody's different, but to me, there's no living in working a regular nine to five for somebody focusing on my 401k in you know, trying to constrain my vacation days. Yeah. Like that's not, you get, you, you have one go round at this, you know what I'm saying? Like good, bad, or ugly. Don't give me boring. Yeah. No, no, no. Nobody wants boring in life. I mean, that just, if that damn sure not me, I definitely don't want boring. So, here's the thing. Like, so I moved in Nashville. It's going to next month's going to make a year. So I literally, I got in a place where I was unhappy where I was. So like I was living in a high, in a, in a place that was two miles from where I got shot. And I got so uncomfortable being in that position that it made me realize that that was not for me. So that uncomfortableness made me challenge myself to do better for myself. So I woke up one day, I packed two suitcases. I put both my dogs in the truck and I moved to Nashville. I packed up everything that I needed, moved to Nashville. Had no plan, had no really? idea of what I was doing, but I knew that where I was and where I wanted to be were two different places. Yeah. So I left. You know, I got to Nashville. I took a couple on, a couple jobs on, and uh, it got to the point where I was, I was spending more money. I didn't know how expensive Nashville was because I just came down here to party. I didn't come out here to live. <laughs> so it got to the point where I was spending more than I was bringing in at that point. So I was like, you know what? I was paying like 600 bucks a week for hotels and like not even good hotels, you know? So like that adds up quick when you're trying to, you know, get a place to rent. Cause oh, yeah. I, like I said, I didn't, I had no plan when it came to this. So I moved here, you know, I stayed in hotels for a couple of weeks and I got to the point I was like, you know what? I'm working so much and for what I need, it, it's not going to, it's, it's not $600 worth. Yeah. So I packed my bags. I found a, 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 a laundromat and all that stuff. I camped out in my truck for two weeks until I made enough money to get my own place. Granted, it sucked. <laughs> it was in the middle of freaking November. Freaking snow on the ground. And my southern behind, coming from Louisiana to 20 degrees in snow, dude, it sucked. I, but you did it. Dude, I, I was so – I was dedicated. I was dedicated not to move back to a situation where I wasn't happy. And a lot of people won't put themselves in a situation to where they have to grow. And I was not right. going back. No matter, you know, bad, good, or ugly, I was not – I had my mind set on not going back. And so you when you're doing to, this, are you envisioning a life in the outdoors, or where's your head at? No. So for me, I don't I, – I, I got so burnt out on the hunting industry because – it was just a, it, it was one of those deals where it was as backstabbing and as phony as anything else on social media. You know, the people that they present 
and the people that you get are two totally different people. You know, if you're not in it for yourself for selfish reasons, then it's it's not going to work for you. And I'm just not that kind of person. Yeah. Um, when it came to my my title in the industry, I was I became a puppet, and when I realized it, that's when I changed. Uh, um, right. that's a so, that's a shitty realization. It is. It is, but it, it took a lot for me to realize that. And when I did realize that, 2018, 2018 when it, when it came, it hit me. So the companies that I was working for, sponsored by all this stuff, um, I went to a trade show and I lost 50 grand at a trade show in three what? days. In three days. How does that happen? You get the bull crap of, oh, well, we don't have the marketing funds, the budget's low, just all kind of runarounds from these companies. Wow. Okay? Knowing that you put them on a platform, made sales for them, promoted, did everything that you could for them, and they still give you, oh, well, maybe next year we'll have the budget. You keep working for us, but maybe next year we'll have the budget to pay you. I'm not one of those guys. That's, uh, I guess, having the rug put out from under you a little bit. In a sense, it is, but you know, like I said, it, it it made me realize that I was a puppet and not a puppeteer. Yeah, you know, um, I was the 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 golden child because I drew in a crowd. I brought attention to the company. I brought attention to the name. I did so many things on that level, um, producing engagement for someone. And then after that show, I flew back home, stressed out so bad that I had a heart attack, like an actual heart attack. Yeah, out of all of those companies, one company called and check up on me. What? Like a one? Like, like you had a very real heart attack? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. At twenty six years old. Let's throw that in the mix. Yeah, twenty six years old. Um, so that was almost my third time on my deathbed. Wow. You know. <laughs> so realize death at this point. Do you like? <laughs> dude, <Yeah>. dude. <laughs> me and Death go back on the back porch, drink a cup of whiskey, and talk about what's happening. <laughs> uh, so and i don't want to get i don't want to get too far away from the actual incident so you're you're turkey hunting with your dad you catch his shot and you die a couple times then yeah obviously there's the recruit how long were you actually in the hospital at this time three, I, I was in the hospital for three months i had to go through three therapy the yeah yeah so three months in the hospital so um, what's think, the in I think at this point in life, what really interests me is the mental process. So while you're in there for 90 days, three months, like you're having to accept this new reality. Dude, it was miserable. It sucked. That's what, that's what I'm about to add. Like, how do you get how do you do that? Like when to be doing what you're doing today in to come from, you know, being laid up in the hospital, having died a couple of times as a result of going turkey hunting. Now you're, you're a seasoned turkey hunter. The whole story in general is captivating to me just because of the mental process that you had to go through to do that. One second. I just got distracted. I just got a big giant buck. I just sent to my phone. Oh, let's talk about the buck. We'll come back. Hold let's on. Let's talk about what's important. Hold on. <laughs> Where's the buck from? Hold on. I'm I'm gonna I'm show you a picture. Okay, let's see. You ready? You ready for this? I think so. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Where's that at? 
I mean, not specifically, but up there close to Nashville, like where, where you live, like. No, 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 no. This is, this is an Ohio deer. And I guarantee this deer, like I'm not, I'm not one for scoring deer. That's not my characteristic when it comes, but I'm guaranteeing this deer is every bit of mid 180s, 190. That is a, big, a, a big boy. stud. That's a stud of a deer. You, you cannot. No, I'm, that's a big sorry. Boy. No, I'm sorry. I'm mean, sorry. There's no reason to be. Well, and that's the thing. The present, the the present, uh, present things take precedent over past things on the on this show. So hey, if you get listen, an, another picture of Big Deer, we'll talk about that too. Well, but, listen, all I'm saying is that got me excited, but still not as excited when it comes to turkeys. <laughs> well, and I've experienced that over the last few years. So my whole life, people have told me, dude, if you if you'll just go turkey hunting, you'll absolutely love it. And I did love the fact that you could go with a buddy that you didn't have to worry about your scent near as much. And like there, there were a number of things, just another excuse to be in the woods, but having actually done it, I can now definitely more understand people's obsession with it. Um, but I'm going to get sidetracked again, but you're going, you're going, you're in the hospital for 90 days. What was that process? For, not, not even from a physical standpoint, but from a mental, mental standpoint, coming out of that and being able to go from point a coming out of the hospital to point b where you've literally just taken the bull by the horns and said this is this is the hand that i was dealt i'm gonna make the, the most out of it you know so for me like i don't remember a lot of that stage before what i do remember like i remember the doctor coming in is like look you've been shot you're not going to be able to walk. You're paralyzed. You're incomplete paralyzed. It's like, okay, you know, I can accept it. So I had a, a breathing tube down my throat. The doctor said, you know, the tube's been in your throat for so long, like you're not going to be able to talk. You're going to need a trach. And like when he told me that, I was so mad and so upset that, you know, I, I pulled a breathing tube out of my throat. I was like, no, that's not for me. You know, as he's telling you this. Well, after he left, because I didn't want to do it in front of him. You know, yeah. I just, you know I, I wanted to be a rebel, but not that much of a rebel. <laughs> so the, the nurses, the nurse came in or whatever when I did it. And uh, they're like, well, how are you feeling? Like, you just pulled a breathing tube out of your throat. And when I did that, it, it altered my voice. Because like I said, I was shot in esophagus. And um, which that allowed me to make, which later on I discovered, which allowed me to make animal sounds. Cause I'm like, I had to go to, you know, voice therapy and all that stuff to get my voice back. Cause like my vocal cords never matured because I was you know 13 at the time. So what like does I was, voice therapy look like, by the way, like I've always wondered that, like, what are, what are some of the exercises that you're going through trying to get that back? I had like this little breathing machine that I had to like, there's like, like four little bubble brick, balls or something inside that you gotta you know blow into it and like make them go to a certain level on a chart it's some very complicated stuff it's just it, it's not something that you know i would rather do every day yeah. um and then like you have to speak at a certain pitch just like kind of what singers do yeah you know, go through like the me 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 and all that stuff so it's like trying to learn to walk again only with your voice yeah basically gotcha. yeah you know, you, you're, you're tuning your vocal cords to get back to a level to where they're strong enough to um, produce sound and produce words again. Gotcha. And like I said, at 13, I was never, my vocal cords, my, I never hit that, that quote unquote, full on puberty stage where I got that deeper voice. Gotcha. You know, I was still in that raspy, high tone pitch, you know, and then with the accent, the breathing tube, like I kept that. I still, like to this day, I still have that 
that raspiness, that tone, that, that lower pitch. I can't, dude, I can't scream to save my life. And if I do scream, like somebody better run. <laughs> <laughs> but as a result of the issues that you had with the trachea tube and everything, like you have become watching your YouTube videos. Do you, and we were talking before we started recording about me being an old man and telling my age, uh, would you but, say 47? Well, 40, but <laughs> I love you too. But you're basically. Hey, let, let me, let me stop you. You don't drop the L word on the first podcast. All right. It's too late. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> too late. Sorry. This is my uh, podcast. My rules. I love you. Here we go. Listen, listen, I, I wish that I could walk away from some situations. This would be one of them. Yeah, but you can't. You're locked in. I can't. In. You're right. You're, you're locked right. In. Sorry. <laughs> But you're almost like the old dude from Police Academy that made all the noises. If he everybody had, tells me that if he had been in the outdoors, but just listening on YouTube, and if you don't mind, go ahead and give yourself uh, any type of plug that you would like to, as far as where people can actually witness this. But you do all your calls, turkey especially with your mouth, but not only turkey, geese. <laughs> uh moves really if it if it moves it's in a wild you can mimic it pretty well but all yeah. this as a result of the issues that happen with the trachea tube yeah so i'll get back to the story and i'll 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 get to that point so uh after i got out of the hospital like i said it's been three months in the hospital after i got out um two weeks after being out of the hospital i went right back hunting like my mom wanted to kill me for the third time like, you know oh dude it was it was amazing um so i went i went coon hunting um that's like i like to say i grew up in the the atmosphere of hounds so i went right back hunting um then after that growing and as i got older i started you know doing hunts with people who were like me you know as far as um in wheelchairs had disabilities things like that and you know for me like like i, I always felt that i stood out but like i wasn't i wasn't trying to be categorized as you know, that guy that's in a chair that hunts with everybody else. It's like, I want to make a, 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 a stance knowing, showing that, you know, no matter what your situation is, no matter you've got a disability, whatever, like you are a human being, you're a person, you can do right. just about anything that anybody else can do as long as you put your mind to it. So I started going on hunts by myself. I started, you know, traveling, driving across the country, doing things like that. And I went to a trade show in 2013 and this guy was trying to sell me a turkey call. And I was like, look, man, like, I don't want to buy. I think I was like, I'm like 21 years old. So, like, I'm still, like, a little bit of cocky with, like, a little bit of, you know, rambunctious. And, like, he's trying to sell me a turkey call. I'm like, I don't want to buy your call. And he's like, well, what kind of call do you use? Like, give me a whole sales pitch. I'm like, dude, no offense, but I can do it with my mouth. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, let's hear it. And I didn't know that I could. So he did it again. And I was like, well, crap, you're going to call my bluff. I got to do it now. <laughs> So I did it. And the owner of the company turned around and was like, is that our call? He's like, no, that's that kid. And they ran me away from the dang old booth. That's hilarious. Yeah, so you so never practice it. You just, you just reached in and did it. No, I just like, he, he, he played it. And I just was like, I could do that. You know, I was, I was, I was very like, even then, like I was very confident in myself. Can you, you do know? that for me right now? Oh yeah. I think it's gonna sound even better with a little bit of whiskey in my system. Oh, I, can't, it I can't wait. Oh, opens the vocals, you know, opens that. That's that's the only reason. I, kids, listen. If there's kids out there listening, 
the only reason that whiskey is involved in this podcast because it opens up and I can't even talk right now. It opens up the vocal cords to do animal sounds. So I'm just going to plug that in there so people don't think I'm a raging alcoholic. No, I got you. <laughs> so here we go. We're going to go to turkey call. So something something happened with the audio there for a second. You can still hear it, but it was lower. Like I could still hear it, but something happened with the audio there for a second. I probably turned away from a microphone. I had to take my earphones off to turn away from the microphone. Ah, gotcha. Dude, that's incredible. So look, I shit you not, you're just up the road from me in Nashville. You're probably three hours away from me. This spring, no joke, and I know your your schedule's crazy, but you're more than welcome to come down here and uh yeah, we'll go kill some turkey. But that that and I'm not just saying this because you're sitting here. That was <laughs> that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I appreciate that. But I, it's not just turkey. Like really across the board, you're pretty well money. If 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 it is huntable in the United States. I can call it in and kill it. What's something that I probably something that wouldn't come to mind immediately that you can do that would surprise whoever is listening? Um, I can I can call in a pretty good cougar, and That's I'm not talking cougar. about the furry. I'm not talking about the furry one. I'm talking about the older women. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear that call. Let's hear that call. I'm not even going there. <laughs> I'm going to get myself and you in trouble on this one. <laughs> uh, it's, it's too late. It's too late. But now what I, what I like about your whole situation was that you took, and that's the thing. I, I was literally the last podcast that, that we did was with Bruce Swearingen of forest wildlife. But at some point a podcast, you know, we deviate kind of similar to, to like we're doing and, you know, start talking about life stuff, but the analogy as far as life dealing you a hand and you having no choice, but to play it, you've really set the standard for that. Like you've taken what life gave you and arguably made life better than in some ways than what it could have been had nothing happened. And that's, I think everybody wants to believe they have that inside themselves, but you've actually done that. And I think that's like incredibly commendable. Everybody on earth has a purpose. It's just up to them to dig down deep enough to realize what their purpose is and go after it. I'm you know, I, I, for the longest time, I didn't know what my purpose was. Like I had my battles with God. I was like, you know, if you, if you love your children so much, like why would you put me in a situation where I went from, you know, being a star athlete to, you know, being in a wheelchair where I have to, you know, do things and like deal with pain all the time, struggle all the time, go through all this stuff in my life for me to get by on a day to day basis. Like, why, why would you like, like, that's not love to me. Like, that's not like, why would you do that? But, you know, understanding that I was put in a situation for a reason is one of those things that, you know, there's people out there that have it worse than I do. And understanding that I have a platform and I'm used as a vessel 
to make a difference in someone's life, to change the way they think about themselves, to save them from their demons, to make them, you know, not want to commit suicide, not want to, you know, drown themselves in a bottle, not want to, you know, go to the point of being in super depressed mode or do things that, you know, put them in a very negative spot where they think life is worth giving up. If sure. I have the ability to do that and change someone's life, I found that that's my purpose. Uh, Josh, I just looked at the clock, man. I've already kept you longer than I anticipated keeping you and no shit. I could, I could keep, I think we could, I think we could pull another hour out of this. We just let ourselves. Uh, I tell you what, let's do, around two how about that absolutely i really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me no i appreciate you for reaching out let me let me be on your show i mean it's been a it's been a great time we laugh we cut up we joke we got serious at points you know i think it i think this all in a nutshell has been a great experience all right well and it's it's not the last one i, I promise like, like oh, i told no. you uh listening to some of your other podcasts that you had done i I was really excited about the conversation and uh, I definitely was not disappointed And uh, come Turkey season. We'll circle back and we'll do an episode specifically towards Turkey and Turkey hunting. How's that? Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Sounds good, Josh. I appreciate it, brother. We'll be in touch. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me. As always really appreciate you listening to the horny deer sense podcast. And I, I hope you enjoyed hearing from Josh as much as I did speaking with him. Uh, you can follow Josh at Son of the South TV on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, just a remarkable individual, one of the funniest people I've met. Uh, feel like I've had a little bit of a, an ab workout. Not that I've had one in a while, but I, I, I remember what they feel like. But really appreciate him taking the time and appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next week.